Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the only podcast that is for entertainment purposes only. But if you call now at two ninety nine per minute, you can get Scott's picks of the week. How you doing, Scott? Really, really looking forward to um, someone in Washington, D.C. talking about something else right now. The two <laughs> things that we're talking about. <laughs> one of them's terrible for the nation. One of them's terrible for just me. So... <laughs> And on the other end of that, who, you know, person who's probably enjoying at least one of the things Scott's referring. Yes. Uh, Mr. Paul, how are you, Paul? I am I am doing well. Similarly tired for very, very good reasons. Uh, not the up all night having sex reason, which is the best reason, but a close second to that. And uh, yeah, I what, I, at, at we're charging two ninety nine permits to fill the vacancy left by Mean Gene Oakland, by the way. What was his, that? Remember, Mean Gene Oakland used to have a wrestling hotline for like two ninety nine. That's right. He did have a wrestling hotline, which is even worse than a betting hotline because, like, that was all fixed. So, (laughs) not fake, fixed. All right. Um, We prefer to say predetermined. Yes. Scripted. Yes. But we'll save that for you know between the ropes, the Frank and Paul podcast. Um, The Buffalo Bills won another football game. uh, Amazingly beating the the juggernaut Miami Dolphins really by three points, but ultimately by 10 points. Um, I, to be blunt, uh, you guys have, are familiar with some of my my personal things that are going on in my life right now. Not really anything worth boring the podcast over, but I managed to watch like about 15 minutes of this game and listen to another 15 minutes a game while driving around Rochester, New York this weekend, um, which lo- largely was me looking up and going, how the fuck are they losing this football game? And then going back to the other things I had to get done. Um, I'm hoping that you guys have a better uh, perception of, of what happened. Scott, could you could you give us your thoughts on the on the game and how you fit it into the bigger picture of the bills and whether we should be taking anything away from how close the game was. Well, I to to obviously things in context, you know, life is a big thing that's going on and sports are a small part of that for all of us. But oh. Saturday at about two Sunday at about two thirty, I was looking into a lot of really dark memes or memes, <laughs> depending on how you think the of games. it, because yeah. my, my my football teams were a collective 47-point favorite going into the weekend, and at that point they were one had lost a 30 one had lost uh, at a 30-point uh, favorite, and one was losing as a 17-point favorite. So I was really not in a good mental space at about 2:30. So yeah, you like the fight that this team has. You like that they do seem to be playing for each other and all those kind of cliched things. Still not a hundred percent sure that they've got a lot of talent on offense i think that's that's pretty much what i would say i mean i think obviously they can do some things um miami is one of the worst teams in the league um i was reading one of the dolphins blogs and or one of the dolphins i think it was on deadspin they had like a dolphins thing and it was basically like the dolphins fan was saying well sunday was probably about the best we can hope for in dolphins game in the sense that one watching it would not assume that one of the teams is trying to lose like, <laughs> which, which is fairly damning um, if you're a Bills fan, um, because that that it we made the Dolphins look like a competent professional football team, which is not really great. Again, you'll take the win. But when it comes to the offense, there's just a lot 
of um i mean the offense it's not like the offense did terrible on sunday they obviously put things together but they were settling for field goals there was little drops there was poorly timed penalties the offensive line was not always consistently well the receivers are fine um you know i i think we can get into you know trades and stuff later maybe but the the issue of of where this team goes and then you know the defense again we kind of hung our hat on the defense i think defense is still a very good defense but if the defense has an off day or an off quarter or two, like it did on Sunday, then things get tight for this team very quickly. Um, and, you know, again, you can't injuries are a part of the game. If, if injuries start affecting the defense at any point where they're a quarter or two off, then this team, it gets very quick, very, very hard to, um, you know, you can't count on this team um, as much. So I, I think we have to be, you know, I, I like this team. I like the path that they're on. The question for me remains Josh Allen and to a certain extent, the offense and the offensive line. I think um, there, there are still questions that we have to ask there. Again, it's not like, yes, you'll, you'll take the win, but again, the, the goal is not just to, to win the games, I guess on some level it's to win all of the games. Herm Edwards just had a coronary somewhere. I know, right? <laughs> I was going to say it like that. It's a it's a pretty interesting flex there to say that that's not the goal, but I I, I, I do <laughs> take what all, you were I do yes, take what you were getting for. Yeah. That's what I would say. And to win the game, you know, if you yes, could, if you yeah. one could accomplish that without winning games, Scott would be all yeah. for it. Um, <laughs> let me ask you one question, and then Paul, after he's done answering, I I I would like for you to answer the same question. Um, and that that question is this do you think that the dolphins did something scott that other teams will look at and say "Ooh, okay that's maybe how to pull apart this bill's defense or do you think that the bill's defense was just scuffling a bit you know maybe missing matt milano and it was really more of a any given sunday kind of situation than it was a the dolphins did something that the rest of the league's going to care about to crack open this team yeah yeah i don't i don't think that it's um I, th- I think one of it, some of it is Milano. Milano's obviously an important part of the team, and I neglected in, in mentioning him as an injury, and I, and I should have. That was uh, not, not a good job by me. But that is something that, again, can, can have effects, and I think that, that hurts a little in the run game. It hurts a little in the pass coverage. Obviously, the Dolphins do have some weapons. I think, obviously, Devontae Parker's a good player. Mike Gusecki as a tight end is someone we're probably going to have to worry about for a couple of years here because he seems like he's got some some talent. Um but uh, so some of it is the, the Milano injury. Some of it is a bad day. I will say that probably the thing that I'm concerned the most about is just I think um, some teams and and quarterbacks will say, you know, we can cover their wide receivers. I think or, or our wide receivers can't get open against their corners. I think Levi Wallace's game on Sunday is a little concerning. Um, again, he is someone who we have not. Still not a first, still not a whole season really worth a tape on Levi Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's still kind of in a rookie mode. So at some point, if there is a book on him that gets out, then this again, the, there's another little crack in the in the defense here. So I don't not quite panicking yet, but on some level when you have a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick who just is willing to to throw the ball and and take chances sometimes, um, you can find weak spots in defenses that maybe other you know. I thought that guy was covered, but actually Wallace can't make a play on the ball. And so he, he really wasn't, um, or he really was open. So it's a little concerning from that perspective, but I'll stop. Yeah. I mean, Scott did a great job covering the, 
the exact points I was going to make in answer to your question. I think that there was probably some things the Dolphins did, which other teams will surely try to copy. And I, But I think they're both personnel-based, and I think Scott hit on the two key personnel. One is the absence, of course, of Matt Milano, his athleticism, both as a rusher and coverage, as a tackler, and his ability to pick up to that to to be so scheme adherent is really a strength for this defense. And Maurice Alexander, if Corey Thompson were healthy, none of them bring that level of athleticism. And the Dolphins purposefully, uh, when they were running some more tempo in the first half of the game, did what they could to keep keep uh, Maurice Alexander on the field as much as possible. It also resulted in Lorenzo Alexander being on the field for 96% of the snaps and because they had, I think, 76% of snaps. It was something like Alexander's most defensive snaps since 2015 or something. like. It would have been a long time. So that was really smart scheming on the Dolphins, and I wouldn't be surprised if other teams try to copy that in the absence of Milano. I think the Bills will do things differently when Milano gets gets back, hopefully this week, we'll see. And then, yeah, Scott noted, not a lot of tape on, on Levi Wallace when the Dolphins were able to isolate him. They had a good deal of, of success. So I think the Bills might want to figure out ways to give him some help to design their, uh, you know, coverages a little better. Or maybe it's just a matter of us not knowing these Dolphins, young Dolphins receivers, and these guys are actually pretty good. And that's why they were able to have a good day. And, and Scott brought up Gasecki, who I had never heard of, the tight end. And I, he just looked phenomenal on on Sunday. So, you know, but but defensively, yeah, that was that was concerning because they had played, you know, so well. I was also concerned about the penalties in this game. The Bills took far, far too many penalties in comparison to past years. So that is absolutely something that, you know, needs to be looked at. Um on the offensive side, I'm going to do something that not most podcasters do. I want to talk about the quarterback for a minute. I know mm. generally everyone's talking about the offensive guard and, you know, uh, how did the right guard do this week? A, What's his quarterback? They, 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 I don't know if you've seen that long snapper podcast. I think at this oh, yeah. point, it's just getting too much. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm full in favor of a long snapper podcast, but I, two hours is oh. too much. Yeah. Two hours is, I mean, that's you. They could, call, well, it's called the too long slapper, snapper. <laughs> oh, geez. You, you could run Reed Ferguson's highlights of every snap he's been on the field, and I know. don't think that fills two hours. You know, um, <laughs> so Josh Allen, I, I would say if you were to grade him strictly on decision making, I would give him an A plus this game, and not even a curved grade he he didn't come close to turning it over at any point no near turnovers no no bad throws into coverage no holding the ball carelessly on sacks you know he did a good job of taking what the defense gave him by which i don't mean he was always checking down all game and just through you know seven yard or less patterns he had a lot of intermediate balls had a beautiful one to duke williams uh where duke hurt his shoulder unfortunately but that was a big reception he took the shots deep when they were available he was smart on his runs even the designed runs he protected himself better you know he knew when to throw it away and a couple times you know tucked the ball in and took a a sack to live and fight another day versus you know trying to trying to you know force the ball somewhere the you know People talk about the deep balls and, and cover one, which which we follow on Twitter, does a great job saying, you know, they're not a huge part of the game and they are not. But man, those those are daggers when you hit those. And Allen's not just missing them, but he is missing them by a lot. You know, way. I mean, he overthrew. It's like he thinks Robert Foster is always on the field. You know, he seems to be overthrowing by like 10 yards in the case of 
Andre Roberts, who the, the offensive line held up perfectly. He ran a, a beautiful pattern, got past the safety, and was missed by Atani. And, and Josh also missed John Brown earlier in the game. If you hit that Andre Roberts pass, the game is over. That would have been the nail in the coffin at that point. That John Brown one earlier in the game would have been a momentum swinger as well. So I understand that you know, you're not going to hit a high percentage of those, but when you've tried 10 and you are 0 for 10 with all 10 being off target, you know, that's, uh, that's problematic. I love it how there's like a motorcycle just like revving its engine outside my apartment. Anyway, Josh Josh Allen's motorcycle. I think that, I think that you're right. I think that some of the low percentage is supposed to go up when, you know, they're as wide open as they are. And I think that what I want to chalk this game up to overall is, there always seems to be a game where the most hapless team in the league, you know, gives it one or two really good tries. And I and I, and I want to say that, you know, Fitz's first game with any team always feels like nobody's quite prepared for the Fitz magic yet. And uh, so I was not upset in my heart at his TD run where he just puts his avoids a sack, scrambles out, puts his head down, bowls over Micah Hyde and gets in. I'm like, you know what? I. I was uh, I didn't mind seeing it because I knew the Dolphins are still going to lose at that point. But well, I mean, Fitz did Fitz things, and then Fitz yeah. did Fitz things. He threw a <laughs> touchdown, and he threw an interception in 282 yards, and he both kept you in the game, and you know, gave away a, a part of it. Yeah. Um, and my my feeling is the next time they play the Dolphins, they'll it won't be the same. I think it's one of those deals where, you know, I want to say that a, a bad team, you know took a bit of a not advantage but they you know i I, the the bills didn't look prepared which is not a hallmark it's one of the a strange thing to say about uh sean mcdermott team at least as last year and most of this year looked i'd say the first year there were definitely times they looked completely outmatched but not not against a bad team like miami um you know obviously you they uh I wanted to bring up Ellen not throwing an interception and there was no turnovers. I felt like that was a step in the right direction. Um, you know, the the deep ball does concern me. And I'm a, an Allen apologist and I, and he, that's why he's here, you know, is to is to hit that ball. Um, they do look like they're still pursuing wide receivers to trade for. So I think that they're feeling like some of it is the talent, whether it's it's, you know, uh, they feel like the talent is lacking or probably more likely for some reason they're not on the same page as with Allen on those throws. I don't know. Um, overall though, I, you know, a win's a win. And the, the good news is that this is the team they've been all year in a way. Like I don't, I, I didn't really see a team other than, you know, they scored some field goals. Like Scott said, they settled for field goals, but also they had been kind of it's either red zone or bust with them. And and so it was kind of nice that they were they were scoring at all. I mean, they had in, in one way, they also had one, two, three, four times when Josh Allen didn't throw a turnover on the didn't throw an interception on the wrong side of the field. And so they got, right. a field they, goal and they so got that, some points yeah. out of it. Right. And yeah. so, you know, so. that 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 counts for a little something. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and so, it does because we wouldn't have won the game if we didn't get them. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Since the beginning of 2018, to support Frank's point here, and the Bills' record in games with one or fewer turnovers is 9-0. and So, yeah, that makes a big difference. In games where they have 2-plus, they are 2-11. and And really, other than Fitz, like throwing the, the football, um, you know, the, the Dolphins didn't do very much. And I, and I just think that's him. He he did that in Tampa. He did that in Cincinnati. He did that with the Jets. He did that with the Bills. You know, he just... 
he gets a couple of games that are are crazy and he and he slings it around and you know and and it's sort of adventurous it's one of the things i really liked about him uh when we did the podcast when he was a, a buffalo bill but you know he he also shoots himself in the foot so uh, a win is a win is a win, especially and what was going to be my final point in a season that is, you know, the the absolute dregs uh, for the schedule. Uh, you know, the, the the Bills have got a lot of teams that are are bad uh, <laughs> coming up. And so, you know, and behind them as well. Since, right. Uh, and they, and that's uh, okay. they are now their opponents this season that they've beaten are now six and twenty six. Um, yeah. So they they just, you know, at five and one with. You know, the Redskins, another Jets, another Dolphins game. I mean, on the schedule, I don't want to, you know, that's eight. That could be eight and one right there. That could be eight of your wins right there. So find me two more. Uh, anyway, so the Bills win. Good good on them. Um, I'm kind of glad Michael Hyde scored a touchdown. I understand that he should have gone down, but whatever. It was fun. I always go ahead, too. <laughs> I'm like, that Miami's not going to score two in that amount of time. And how often is Micah going to get a chance to do that? But you know who's really good at, um, you know, hitting the end zone is our our good friend Scott Appleton, who's gonna, you know, punch it in three times here with three stars. Never, never once have I been in the end zone. Just that's, I'm gonna put that out there. That's what she said. I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. There's like a joke about my kids in there somewhere. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, but I'm not clever enough to make it. Um, no, Frank can work on that one. Yeah, I wouldn't want to like say something terrible on accident, so I'll just let it go. It's probably, yeah. Okay. Um, I like your kids, your kids are awesome. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I have uh I have many many honorable mentions to give out. Um. Devonte Parker, honorable mention. Nice game on Sunday. Five, I think five catches for fifty five yards. Let me go out and get out my stats mm-hmm. here. I had them open just a second ago. Yeah, five catches, fifty-five yards, along of fourteen and one touchdown. That's the one. Ten um, targets, though. So, you know, missed obviously should have had more. Yep, maybe would have been in a different game. Who's to know? Um, also, an honorable mention: Vince Beagle, five tackles, one sack. Where's Vince Beagle playing college football, guys? Gonna guess Minnesota. <laughs> Illinois. Uh, not, not For- the weekend to play this game. Not the weekend. <laughs> Not the weekend to take advantage uh, of that. That this, is, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> biggest upset in college football this year. Biggest in the Big Ten in 30 years. You want to know something really funny? I had no, no clue that that was who they played. I just literally picked another team that I knew was a rival. And I'm no, so- no, well, no, it was it was Illinois. It was not oh, okay. Illinois. All right. It was Illinois. I got it because I was being an ass. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then, you can be yeah. really mad at Paul. That's fine. <laughs> um. So anyway, but Vince, if Vince was on the field, maybe it wouldn't have matter. Who's the same? Um. I think I had another honorable mention. And I think it was – I think I was going to give it to Jordan Phillips. Um, for not getting any personal fouls in the game that I recall. I think think I should yep. just give him some recognition for that. Uh, well, no, one, yeah, the, uh, I think Shaq Lawson had the one personal – had a late hit. Had a, yeah, late hit on, on Fitz. He, Fitz does draw those uh, personal fouls. There's something about him. It's his Harvard yeah. mouth. By the, way. <laughs> um, the national but, lampoon, you know, uh, his ability with his witticisms. Yeah, that's really what it does. It gets the other team riled up. Cody Ford evidently can do that too, because clearly two plays in and he's getting guys tossed for punching. <laughs> um, 
anyway, so was a Jordan Phillips, two tackles, but a huge tackle for loss. Like if you were worried about this game and you, you should, you probably should have been like Jordan Phillips helped, help solve the worries a little bit with the big tackle for loss on the goal line. Um, like the dolphins were going in, they had already scored to make this game like the bills had scored, but the dolphins were coming back. I forget exactly yeah, when it was. Yeah. I think dolphins were up five. It was the first drive of the second half and it took 10 minutes. Like that was yeah. almost a 10 minute touchdown drive for Miami. That exactly. And that might've changed the difference in the game. And the Jordan Phillip, when they get down to the one guy, huge tackle for loss that puts the game, puts them behind the sticks a little bit into like second and six. Then there's a, a broken up pass and then Trey White gets the interception. And an excellent interception. It really wasn't like, it's weird that Fitz's pick wasn't really like a typical, like, what are you throwing pass? Like, I think that was a pretty good attempt myself it was, and, it was an attempt to kind of keep it away yeah and trey made a really great play on it so 100%. kudos maybe he'll come up later in the show who's to say um he is <laughs> um maybe in a couple minutes um but anyway, <laughs> so those are your honorable mentions uh third star goes to i'm gonna give it to him josh allen Ooh. 26 a nice tyrod taylor afternoon 16 and 26 <laughs> Two touchdowns, 32 <laughs> rushing yards, a couple first downs, nothing too crazy, a little wild on the deep balls, but you win the game and you beat a terrible team. So Josh Allen, keep at it, I guess. Yeah. So that, that's your third star. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to give the second star to Josh Brown, John Brown, five catches for 183 yards and another touchdown. The boy, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I mean, he's on pace for 12, 1300 yards, which is, Probably the best Bills wide receiver season we've had since Steve. Lee Evans. Lee was twelve. He was Evans. the last one to do over twelve hundred, and that was thirteen years ago. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's 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 like it's a kind of a revelation, and we'll talk about him more when we get to the wide receiver portion of the the, the pot a little bit. But I think um, he's playing really well. He's got a good connection with Allen. Um, and I'm very pleased that they signed him. And I think as far as I'm concerned, he's, he's essentially number one wide receiver kind of talent at this point. Um, I don't think we've gotten him enough credit this year, just in general in the league and as well as on this pod. Um, and then first star goes to Trey White, obviously with two huge, uh, hey, he inter- came up later. That's so interesting. You it is. He did. That one, might, one interception, you said that might happen. One interception and one for fumble, um, to go along with, uh, five tackles. Uh, and a half tackle for loss, I see here in my notes. Um, so, again, another guy who, you know, you noted, he's uh, kind of like Matt Milano. We don't talk about him sometimes. We, we, we talk about Matt a fair bit. Um, notice him in when he's out to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Trey White, another guy who we probably don't give enough. Like, we need to, again, like, you'd like to think in a couple years, we'll, we'll, he'll still be on the team. But in 20 years, like we'd like to think that we have the 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 pleasure of watching him. Like, if you say Trey White was one of the you know the best corners to ever play for the Bills, you know he might be in that kind of category where a guy you want him because he's a leader, he's he's in for big games, he's got the talent, clearly kind of bought into the system. I think you can't say enough about what he's meant to the defense, um, what he means to the team, what he did in this game specifically with with two huge plays. Um, corner is kind of one of those where Unless you're flashy like Jalen Ramsey or Deion Sanders, you don't get as much credibility because guys just don't throw at you. People don't mm-hmm. people go away from you. So it's harder for people to know who you are and when you're doing a good job. But I think I think based, you know, he's gotten Pro Bowls, 
you know, maybe at some point he'll get some all pro love. Um, and, and people, those are the, the way that, you know, people who watch the game a little closer can, can recognize and uh, understand like you, me, you know, what would go a long way to doing that would be to make a wild card game and then make a really big play in it. That would probably really help his profile given, yeah. you know, I, I have no doubt it, that if he played in a bigger market, we'd, you know, he'd be doing, uh, commercials. Be, yeah. It'd be white, it'd be white Island, you know, right. that would be, you know, that kind of crap. So <laughs> that's when it's our player it's crap when it's other players white island by the way is the name of our no never mind <laughs> yeah there's no there's no joke to make here frank nope, I, no, I, I thought of it once and i'm like nope 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 <laughs> white island is what a lot of other people call this podcast <laughs> okay no um yes uh yeah okay well thank you for three stars and let's mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Um, the AFC East update: um, New England beat the Jets, which of course is not the, not the best part of the story because <laughs> you put spooky ghosts here, and I didn't. I, did. I, I had to go look up this story, and Scott, I, I'm assuming you know yes, this. I, I did. I did. I did see this story. So it was he was. I, I guess for if you don't, I mean, I, I'm here to inform listeners. Uh, but they 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 were being mic'd up for the game. Uh, the the Jets were, uh, I think probably New England was too, and you know NFL Films has some sway over which audio gets released and which audio doesn't, and they typically do a decent job of protecting players from looking too stupid on it with anything they say, um, and you know obviously the the Jets just ran over, or they just got run over by New England, um, 33 nothing, and at one point Sam Darnold was on the sideline saying I'm seeing ghosts out there. Uh, basically, you know, pointing out to the fact that like he just was so confused and had no idea what was happening, uh, that that he was thoroughly confused by a Belichick defense. So um, that became a bit of a meme, and the Jets were mad and said they're never going to be mic'd up again. And they're also awful. Uh, and also, New England is undefeated. It's amazing to think that they're six. The the Bills are are a one loss team, and they're not leading their division because that would just be every other team. <laughs> Every other one-loss team yeah. at this point is at least tied for the division lead, um, but they still sit a game back of New England. Um, does that change your thoughts, Paul, on yeah, on the a, on the AFC at all? Or it's a, you know, I, I still what occurred to me with the whole story with uh, with Darnold is like I always think if Darnold had been drafted by the Bills, he probably wouldn't be going through any of this crap, and I almost feel bad for him being drafted by such an incompetent organization. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll just clear that for that comment to go out there and make our quarterback look like he doesn't know what he's doing. Even though most quarterbacks, I'm sure in the locker room and and it's come out, have said they. That's what Josh Allen was saying at halftime. I guarantee you when Josh Allen, when he was there with his head in his hands after his third interception against the Patriots, would have given a very similar sign. But the team's not like, yeah, let's mic him up and then uh, give the NFL approval to release that statement uh, that he's seeing ghosts and doesn't know what he's doing. So I, it's, yeah. I think Le'Veon Bell even came to his defense and was like, that's, yeah. you know, just yeah. back off everybody. That's just what I did. It's, we won't make this a Jets podcast, but it almost irritates me because I like, don't think the Jets are that bad talent wise. I think they're, you know, a, a six, seven win team, but they're so that organization's just so messed up. It just makes me, I never thought I'd say this grateful that the bills have the organization that they do. Uh, because it's just look at how Josh Allen is experiencing success being drafted in this organization. And Sam Darnold, it's like, yeah, we'll help you. We're going to get 
Le'Veon Bell on your side. We're going to do what we can with the O-line. We're going to get a 75-year-old center. Uh, we'll get Mosley on defense, even though he'll be hurt half the time. And it's like they went for all these big splashes, and the Bills are like, we're just going to give you some skill players and rebuild your line and keep following, keep doing what Brian Dable tells you. So, uh, to, to, yeah. to be fair to the Jets, too, like this was the worst part of the schedule. Like they right. had the Pats, the the Cowboys, the they had the, the obvious, like that was the thing in that first game against us. They were like, look, we could start this season like one in five, and the win would have to be this week against the Bills. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. the easiest game on their first six weeks. And then after this, it gets, it gets a lot easier for them. Yeah, they for the got two so I could see them they... still being a six or seven win team by the end yeah. of the year. Just yeah, totally the, agree. The they schedule. got Jaguars, Dolphins, Giants, Washington, Bengals, yeah. Dolphins again, you know, so I they could they, see they, them. Yeah. That's yeah. five or six wins right there. Yeah. 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 So if this was hockey, um, the bills would be the two seed, but it's not hockey. <laughs> so they're the five seed and would be going to, it looks like probably the four and two Colts would be the 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 yeah I think division team right now. No, because they they beat the uh, they beat the Chiefs head to head. I think the Chiefs are four and two as well. Or the Chiefs, no, five, the Chiefs and are two. five and two. Right. The Chiefs so, are five and two. Okay, yeah. So you're right. It would be the Colts. Game and a half. A game and a half back of New England, um, who should be having a bye soon. Also, the other scuttlebutt. I guess the other thing to talk about. And Scott, you might have thoughts on this too, or Paul. Um, the Adam Schefter report that Tom Brady's house is for sale and his trainer, his personal nutritional tra- trainer person dude's house is for sale and he can void his contract at the end of the year. And so they, Schefter said of the three possibilities, Brady retires, Brady plays for New England, Brady plays for another team, that Brady stays in New England is by far the long shot of those three. Hmm. Um, and so, you know... It's been the buy or sell kind of question across sports, at least today. Uh, you know, do you see uh, any future in which, you know, New England, I'm sorry, Tom Brady moves on from New England and plays somewhere else next year? It's just so bizarre sounding to me. Like, can you picture him at another with another organization? And it, I mean, he could. These guys are competitors. Look at Favre. He's like, yeah, I guess I'll retire because you're making me. He's like, no, I'd rather play for the Jets, you know. I, I mean, he had to come out and he had to play for the Vikings. Montana, Montana with the Chiefs. The Chiefs, so. yeah. These guys yeah. all like to hang on, you know. Marino, by the end, he stayed with the Dolphins his whole career, but he was a shell of himself. These guys don't usually know when to hang him up. But yeah, I think going to another organization would be crazy to me, but wouldn't be unprecedented. His his pliability expe- extends to his team loyalty as to his willingness to play for other teams. Um, yeah, I mean, I could definitely, he clearly, I mean, I read, uh, it was a book, um, you know, the things with pages in them, they have covers. It's There's not as many. I pictures. made the same joke this week. I just want you to know, <laughs> yeah. thoroughly independently in another context, I did the same Mind thing. Mind you, most of the books I read, I read on my phone, so they don't it's, have these pages say, and these cover, you know. Most yeah. of the books I read are comic books, so but it was the it was the big game by I think Leibovitz. I think he's a Washington Post reporter or a New York Times mm-hmm. reporter. I forget what it was, but it was a big NFL kind of expose about you know it had Deflate Gate in there and stuff. And so he spent a lot of time with Brady, and he's a Boston fan. Um, and he's like, I can see why people don't like this guy, um, but I still love him. And and he kind of you know reading the book, you get the 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 sense that that Brady does is is a hundred percent. You know, there's a type of person. 
that you can get where you think you can do anything. You literally can do anything. You And that the only thing that you need to do is work harder, control more, spend the right amount of money, which you've earned because you're excellent at something, and you can do anything. And he seems like he is the guy who thinks he can do anything. And to a certain extent, he is right. Like he pretty much has done anything he's wanted on the football field. And, you know, he said 45 of his number. And I'm thinking that if Belichick said, if Belichick went to Kraft and said, Tom need, Tom's done, and Tom says, I'm not done, then I could see that not ending well. And now that here's, Brady goes to another team. So here's the follow-up question. If you're Tom Brady, what do you want to do? You want to stick it to the Patriots one, and you want a chance to win. And who did Peyton Manning go to? He went to the team with the best defense. <laughs> I like where this is going. Oh, boy. Wow. I like this is going. I like it. I think this is this is like porn. You know, you shouldn't be watching. That is how I can best define that thought. I know I shouldn't be into this midget thing, but <laughs> little person thing. Sorry. Um, yeah. Elsa would is, you would you trust yourself? Would you trust yourself? Would you trust Tom Brady if he came to Buffalo for one year? And would you take him? I mean, could you not take him? Like, I understand, oh, Josh Allen development, culture, like, oh, elite defense and greatest quarterback of all time. Josh Allen, Josh Allen's favorite player growing up. Yeah. Josh Allen can deal with it. Tom, Bra- I think Josh Allen. You can go to it, Tom Brady's school. He, you know, and I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's his favorite player growing up, which is a little gross to say out loud, uh, but it was. And you could probably even get him on board and say, why wouldn't you want Tom Brady here? Right. Like, Let, Let's something. look at the last two Tom Brady understudies, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. Not not doing bad. Both two of not the awful. surprises of the uh, the QB season so far. I think the I think the only thing I would say is. I think I I don't think I'd do it just because I think it's more Belichick at this point. I think Brady Brady was a spectator in that Super Bowl last year. Like pretty okay. much anyone could have gone out there and done that performance to a certain extent. Not that he's not functionally the greatest quarterback of all time, but it's but like he's not he's like the Peyton Manning. Like that was that was what that was. Like the the Bills game that he played against us. He was one of the worst games of his career. Like, I think he's good, but I'm pretty sure if we get into an AFC championship game with Tom Brady going against Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick's going to know how to beat him. And I don't know. And I'm kind of concerned that that would happen again. I mean, I'm not saying it would definitely happen. I'm just saying whatever advantages we would have created will be neutralized in a game against the Patriots, which is the only real problem to us. Honestly, is the only real problem is the, arguably the biggest obstruction in the way of the Bills winning a Super Bowl. So Well you're all wrong because of course if you <laughs> sign if you sign Tom Brady, it's only because Bill Belichick sent him there as a spy um to sabotage the rising Bills and the it, development of Josh Allen. You know what it's it's uh, I'm surprised you didn't go there. This is this is the ultimate heel turn. Yeah, it's, that's the Bills go in at halftime up twenty eight yeah. nothing. Then Brady suddenly is like, you know what, I can't do it. And he walks over to the other sideline, puts in a Pats uniform, and then the Bill the Pats win thirty five twenty eight. That's just that. Son of that's a how bitch. it happened. 
Yep, Josh Allen stands right behind him, holding the clipboard, and bam, Finn Balor uh, Pele <laughs> exactly. kick right in the jaw. <laughs> I was going to say the steel chair. I like that. I like Josh that. Allen. I like that. You know, I took Paul to wrestling three weeks ago, and now he's clearly back all in because he's referencing things that happened last night. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, worked today. I did listen to the wrestling, uh, Cultaholics wrestling podcast. So that is why I knew of the heel turn. But then I did watch the highlight of it. I won't lie. Son of a bitch, Finn Balor. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll see. We just got to get we just got to get Scott back in, and then we don't have to watch this team anymore. We could just you know now that they're good, by the way, like all of a sudden. Exactly, we give up how, on the pod. How many years would it have been a good idea just to just become a wrestling podcast? And now well, that's this the is- thing. If they win the Super Bowl, then we just turn into a wrestling podcast. We just go out on top. I think that should be the deal. I think if they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> We, we just stop watching pro we, football. We stop watching pro football. You know, your your podcasting availability is going to be different anyway. And we yeah. become a wrestling podcast. And <laughs> we, we don't we don't change the name of the podcast. We don't get Maybe next year, your podcast, we're going to analyze the Wednesday Night Wars this week on <laughs> AEW. I think the inner circle is pretty great. What do you? OK. Oh, the elites, where it's at. The elites. <laughs> Undisputed. All right. Stop naming factions. Stop naming factions. Okay. Um, the uh, injury and roster update. Uh, so Coleman did not practice. Uh, Milano was limited. He's been limited all week. They've been watching him. They're hope they're hopeful that he's that type of limited that plays on Sunday, though, not the type of limited that doesn't play. Uh, Williams. Uh, and Thompson and Johnson were also all limited. And then Spain was full practice practice along with Patrick DeMarco. Um, so there you go. Uh, it, I'd say that you're you're mostly healthy. I think yeah. that Milano the, injury is the big one, and Corey yeah. Thompson out for special teams. But yeah, I, this is yeah. go I ahead. Think, sorry, I was just going to say I think Spain. I was going to say Spain and Demarco also probably helped Demarco. I mean, they sort of definitely use him as a not just a, a blocking fullback when when he's available. And and honestly, the line could have as much rotating help as possible so i'm, I'm ha- i'd be happy if spain was available even though you know i don't think he's you know uh the same type of thing as as milano is on right. the defensive side yeah i think these are it's good that this injury list is so short Milano's obviously the biggest concern duke williams is a concern too he's you know he just came he just emerged he just got a essentially a de facto starting job or at least a significant playing time job and then he goes out and hurts his shoulder so you hope for his development that it's not a big deal and then yeah with with milano it's a hamstring those can be tricky devin singletary was limited for like five weeks before he finally came back last week um but you hope again as frank says this is the limited where you play coleman's a big deal for special teams i don't think it's going to affect the defense too much and then yeah i think i'm eh, fine with uh, this is for week what well, i guess this is week seven coming up uh i'm fine we're week eight i guess at this mm-hmm. point uh i'm fine with this injury list agreed okay you, there was no listener questions or, or Facebook no, questions. No, not on, not on Twitter either. That's why I did add another note. Maybe we want to talk briefly about the uh, trade the deadline. The trade deadline. Yes, yeah. no, I was going to get there. Um, no, thank you. Uh, so I, I saw today that apparently the Bills were interested in Emmanuel Sanders. That obviously didn't work out. Where did, did he? Was he the one that went to New England? No, Ooh, where did he go? Did, was He went from Denver San Francisco. to San Francisco, maybe. Yeah. New, Eng- San New England got a wide receiver. They got Sanu. They got yes, Sanu they got Muhammad Sanu. Um, so the Bills could still be looking to add. 
to the wide receiver. Um, so I think that brings up our Josh Allen discussion again, too, um, that on some level they don't think that the the fullness of the offense is his fault, you know, like that the, that they need more playmakers. I'm not opposed to that. I that, That's one of the reasons that um, – who is the running back that they the, – uh, uh, the – the San Diego guy, um, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, there was some weird story about maybe he would go to Buffalo. Like it was like one of these purely. Like, spec- I think he liked think, something on Barnwell's, Instagram. Yeah, Barnwell right. floated it actually right. as something that they would look into. Yeah, and people were like, "Well, you need wide receivers, not running backs." And yes, but also he was the kind of guy that like, okay, but he's like a spark plug kind of guy, and he would make a lot more things happen. And so I do think that. Wow, wide receiver is the most obvious skill position that would help because they they seem to be the that seems to be the the lowest skill position on the offense. I feel like they're just looking for a, a game breaker. Period. And if it was a game breaking running back, that would probably end up helping too. Even though their running game's been fine, they need one more one more um, you know game breaker star star player. Yeah, so please. yes. Uh, so thoughts on the trade deadline, I suppose. I'll open it up. However, you want to address this topic, Scott. I, 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 I don't, don't want to address this. <laughs> no, I, I will return to my earlier discussion. I think, I don't think the problems on this offense are wide receiver problems. I don't. I, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think that's the problem. I, I think, I think we have a O-line pass blocking problem. I think the run blocking has been pretty decent. I think you could argue that the run game has. Obviously, the the yardage in the run game has been there, but I would say to a certain extent, the yardage is a reflection of the usage and the and the the carries. If you give them more carries, you're going to get more yards. In terms of how the offense works best, it would be work better with a bit more explosion in the run game. Be able to get off the big explosive chunk yard kind of plays that can happen if you do kind of have that kind of routine cracks at it. Frank Gore has done a really great job and I don't want to dismiss, like, I don't want to say like he's not doing well enough, but I think he's doing what you can expect out of him more than what you can expect out of a, of a running back his age. But I don't think that he's going to have a, I'm not sure he's there again. It's a long season. Older guys get hurt more. I know he takes care of himself, but it just seems unlikely that we're going to have it there. And then after that, it's Singletary and Yeldon and Singletary hopefully will come back and be, as good obviously hopefully now he won't hit the rookie wall as much because he'll have been functionally out for five games mm-hmm. so he can probably try and maybe he's got more gas in the tank to get into week 16 but we need week 17 we need the playoffs i would be totally fine with trading for a running back i would be fine with um trading for an offensive lineman that could frankly do more than just uh run block like again we've had issues with pass blocking and I feel like that is one of the reasons that Allen doesn't have enough time to hit these long developing deep routes, or maybe he's not feeling good enough is because the pass blocking hasn't been there or Allen just needs to get better. I don't think getting another wide receiver is really the solution. I, I think if we want more speed on the field, put Robert Foster on the field. We had no problems last year with getting deep balls connected to Robert Foster. I don't, it, to me, like unless there's something where the wide receivers are, the timing's off or they're not understanding the route concepts or something that's not translating onto the game that we're seeing on Sundays. I don't see a wide receiver problem with this team. So it's a weird, the Robert Foster thing bugs me because I don't really have a good answer for what's going on with that. 
Yeah, it, and this is like you can say. I guess the what that boils down to is I jump right in, but I and, and I largely agree with Scott, by the way. But it's it's tough for me to put Foster ahead of any of the five guys ahead of him, except maybe Andre Roberts as receiver. But you want Roberts in there as a returner. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you can keep six receivers active on game day if Foster only gets <coughs> seven or eight snaps, but he's out there every time. They're like, well, this affects how we play defense because now we've really got to guard for that deep ball. Uh, more than usual, then I think he's a contributor. But with that said, none of us are at practice. None of us have seen Foster's development this year. So you just trust the the guys in the room. But one of the reasons I, I tweeted this earlier this week, and it's one of the reasons I agree with Scott, that I don't think wide receiver is, is, is Frank pointed out, it's one of the ones that's talked about most. It's one of the more seemingly obvious ones because of the lack of big names. But let's look at the 2019 stats of of John Brown and Cole Beasley. They've combined this year for 63 catches for 756 yards. I went up and looked at the 2019 stats for all 10 of the Bills 2018 wide receivers uh, who caught a team for the pass last for the for the team last year uh, to see what their stats are this season. They have combined for 14 catches for 181 yards. And that's all McKenzie and Zay, who's not with the organization anymore. And of the other eight, you've got Foster on the roster, Ray Ray on the practice squad, and the other six are out of the NFL. Like literally six of the 10 guys who sued up for them last year are not in the NFL. And Brown is on pace for a 1,200-yard season. Beasley's on pace for over a 900-yard season. You know, these guys have really stepped it up. If you get a receiver, in my mind, it can't be for a high draft pick. It can't be for – it has to be a younger guy you like for years of team control with the idea that John Brown is – 30 and Cole Beasley is 31 and they're both on relatively short-term contracts that you want to try to, um, you know, get some help for the long-term, but I wouldn't worry about trying to fix that problem the short-term. And I would tend to agree with Scott Moore. I think you could have more weapons in terms of the running back position, even the tight end position, if one were available, which I don't think they are. Uh, there is a tight end available now who would help, um, I, I would like to see to get some more explosiveness there and develop what you have. I would not want to give up big draft assets for it. If there's, if it's trade a sixth round pick to get someone, you know, what the hell, take a flyer, but I, I'm not going after one of the big names. I don't think. Okay. Um, you just finished talking, but I'm going to make you talk again All because right. we are now ready for this day in Bill's history. And uh, you pointed out that there was only six this today, but yes. I think we should take that as an opportunity to try and get done in around an hour as opposed to an opportunity to. Okay, we're what, go, like 47-ish minutes right now? Yeah, no, we're in good shape. We can definitely okay. do this, talk about the Eagles, and get out. So not that I don't love you guys, but I'm I'm a little run done right now. Uh, oh. What did I say? Sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry, that guys. That, yeah. that <laughs> No more jokes. That was the last one. <laughs> All right. So the, because we're trying to speed <laughs> it up here, uh, this was this was our first ever chance, by the way. I actually had a this death in Bill's history for the first Ooh. time. So I'll quickly do this. Paul he is died. literally seeing ghosts this yep. week on this day in Bill's history. It's, it's the Halloween edition. So on a, then a gentleman Ooh. who passed away on October 24th of 2013 at the age of 49 years old. Okay. So that gives you, gives you a timeline. Uh, he died of... Um, he well, was, a lot of people died that day, but right, I assume but he, he has something. Okay, he was he has found a, dead. Yeah, he has a Bills connection. So he was found dead in his home in Seattle in 2013. Autopsy revealed it was a combination of cocaine and alcohol. 
so, you know, the typical way that people die young. Um, very, very... Uh, I dispute pe- that. I feel like I need to go and say that is not how young people typically <laughs> die. But go on. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, well, that, that's a discussion for another day. Yes. He was picked seventh overall in the 1987 NFL draft by the Lions, but played only six games due to a slew of emotional problems. But his second season ended after only five games because his car struck another vehicle. This is a dark one and killed three teenagers on the 20th of October. Uh, he was found. He was over the legal limit. The Lions waived him, uh, not because of the felony charges, because they had broken in his neck in the collision. He was convicted of vehicular homicide and spent 13 months in prison in 1990. And then he came back and played with Buffalo. So uh, he would only play a couple games with the team. He would get a sack. He is the considered the 13th biggest bust in, bust in NFL history per ESPN. Uh, he had a lot of problems with DUIs. And the hint, and this will give you a last name, he was younger brother of Cleveland Browns safety Don Rogers, who died of cocaine poisoning at age 23 in 1986. Can you name this Bills player who died on this day? Mac Yoho. Uh, good old. He's still alive. I check every. I check periodically. That's, I'm so happy to hear that, and I hope he doesn't mind us making a, a quick joke because, you know, he had a great name. That's pretty much the extent of the joke. Yeah, he's doing well as he's 83 years young. Um, right. can, we get, can we get him on the podcast? Do you think we could get Mac Yoho on this podcast? You know how many people, like, I think all the time, I have some ideas for the offseason we'll chat about, but, like, I have no doubt that with some of the people I've interacted with on Twitter, we could get some actual guests on this podcast. You know, legit guests. And Mac Yoho might be one of them. Well, it's if, too bad, because when the Bills win the Super Bowl, we're going to be a wrestling podcast. That's right, so that's right. What are we going to do with a Mac Yoho interview? <laughs> Who is, your, who is your favorite wrestler, Mac Yoho? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was about the Bills. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Um, no, I, I have no intelligent guess other than his last name was almost certainly Rogers. Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers. was. That's why I thought someone was going to guess. There's a gentleman named Reggie Rogers, so you may or may not remember him. When was he a Bill? What year was he He was he a Bill in 1990 in the, in the first Super Bowl season, but he didn't play the whole season. He played yeah. a couple games, looked looked pretty good. Like I said, he got a sack, but I think he had some problems, and, you know, unfortunately, they followed him around the rest of his life. All right, so that was the one that will be time-consuming. The rest of these you're going to whip through because they're actually fairly easy today, which is what happens when I limit my research to 25 minutes because I get home from work late. All right, uh, 2018. Blank eclipses 5K. The hint is, additionally, Sunday's game marked the second time that Blank contributed more than 100 total yards from scrimmage. He previously did it starting in place of the Sean McCoy back in the Week 3 win at Minnesota. Mm. So someone who eclipsed career 5,000-yard total last year. Hmm. Was it Patrick DeMarco? No, couldn't have been Patrick DeMarco. Nope, There's no way he had 5,000 yards even for his whole career. Um, who, who, who was LaShawn's backup last year? Yeah, wow. I'm surprised this one is uh, causing the issues. It is. I mean, he was the primary backup. He had some big plays. I'm sure the moment you say it, I'll be like, oh, right. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, why isn't he on the team this year? That's a good question. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, why, why does anybody listen to this podcast? Two of the three hosts can't name who the second running back was last year. Yeah. 
maybe he's changed careers to sell elephant tusks. Oh, Chris oh, Ivory. Chris Ivory. That's yes. right. Jesus. I also could have done an ebony and ivory. I would have gotten that. Yes. Well, we we already had White Island on this podcast, so we had to be <laughs> think we're, we're already... ebony. I, come on, whatever. Okay, that's, that's fine. Right. 115 carries for the Bills last year. These guys don't remember it, but okay, we'll let that slide. All right, 27. I'm really confident in this one because he's guessed every <laughs> fucking week. I feel like this is a bad sign when Paul's All confident. Right. 2017, <laughs> Buffalo Bills claim cornerback Tony McRae wave wide receiver blank. I can give hints. They waved a wide receiver. In week seven. Kelvin Benjamin. No, no. He was waived last year. Last year. Yes, this is 2017. Says he made a limited impact in his time with the Bills. He was traded for on roster cut down day, if that helps. He caught one pass for 28 yards in his time with the Bills. Really? We we guess this every Alan Clay? Alan Clay, thank you. Thank you. I legitimately there were better headlines in twenty seventeen. Like, well, I gotta pick the Kalen Clay one. If you guys had missed that, I would have just like Are you on out. a different podcast? Because I don't think anybody ever says I'd always guess it's Kalen Clay. I always guess Kalen Clay. I do okay. usually guess him. That's fair. I don't really listen to when Scott's talking, <laughs> Scott's so that's that yeah, exactly. All right. Here come a couple Bills-related headlines about non-Bills, but they're all timely. All right, 2016, Eric Wood calls Blank's hit on Aaron Williams garbage. Oh, that was Rob Gronkowski. Devontae. Oh, no, right, right. Gronkowski hit white, so it was, yeah, yeah. It was Scott, the guy. Scott was that. getting closer. He was almost, he said Devontae Parker, but he was, he's on the right team. Or Devontae the right, white? Uh, no, it wasn't a Devontae. He was a play played for. I, I bring he it up. He's a wide tiny, receiver. Wide receiver for the Dolphins. Oh, Devonte Adams. No, no Devonte. Forget Devontes. Okay, it's not a Mike Devonte. <laughs> he said he said something really dumb today. He guaranteed a win over the Patriots. Oh yeah, he did. Who was that guy? He's Holy on the hell! Now. Jarvis Landry. There we go, Jarvis Landry. Damn it! It's all right. We got there. Gosh. He was the original Devonte Parker. Yes. Wow. All right. Now this one. I mean, you legitimately have three chances on this one headline. So um, these are all Jets headlines from either the New York Daily News or Newark Star Ledger. I'll give you these three headlines with blanks and then tell you why you should be able to get at least one of these. All right. Okay. New York Jets coaches like what blank brings to team. That's headline one. Headline two, a breakdown of wide receiver blank's new contract with the Jets. And headline three, Rex Ryan expects everybody to play except blank and Trevor Riley versus Buffalo Bills. The hint is, these are all Jets headlines about Jets wide receivers who would then become Bills wide receivers. So you have three possible answers here. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go get a smoke, guys. I mean, I don't even smoke. I'm going to start smoking right now. (laughs) Paul's next question is, this one's really easy, guys. Quarterback... (laughs) Quarterback Blank Kelly goes to fourth Super Bowl. Uh, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Chad Kelly. <laughs> I do. I feel like Sean Connery on the Jeopardy sketch now. I just. Any, I know. I feel. I have. I'm like Trebek. Like, name any Jets receiver from 2014, and you have like more than a 50% chance of getting this answer right. 
Um, Who would then <laughs> play Bills for the Bills receiver Bills. in the last six years? It's and yes, the Bills, and they went on to play for the Bills. So you know it's been a Bills receiver from the last four years. Um, Did David uh, Nelson play for the Jets? No, that's no, no. Um, who's the, who is the? There's one that's in my head. Wayne Brissett. <laughs> no, Brissett. Not. Is that like Wayne Corbett and Jacoby Brissett's <laughs> love child? <laughs> Look, the bourbon is strong, and I <laughs> I knew the bartender last night, and he gave me free drinks. It's been a hard week. Oh, I, got, I didn't even work out hints for these guys because I did not expend <laughs> hints needed for this. Are uh, any of them a Are any of them a Williams? <laughs> <laughs> no, not even the not even the last name thing will work here. Okay. Holy, uh, okay, one caught a really big touchdown pass in the season opener against the Colts in Rex Ryan's first game, but he had some issues with, I think it was migraines, eventually retired, unretired, and then re-retired. Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin is one. Right, he was a Jet. Okay, I forgot that I, he was a Viking. I forgot that he was right. a Jet. Yep. And then it says the breakdown of Blank's new contract with Jets. That was Jeremy Curley who was cut okay. after one game last year. And the third one he was the top the Bills. He did, yes. <laughs> okay. That's why he's on the podcast. He is. You guys I don't about remember last... anything. He played, he played against the Ravens last year in the opener, and then they caught him. That seems like something like an Albanian yeah, team will write, this is, write a he's fake article about. These are 16-game starters here, Paul, where right. like they were coming out. The last out one was tough. It's Greg Salas, who also caught a big touchdown against the Jets with the Bills on the Thursday night game when I was in town before I moved I'm back. Not, I'm not like ashamed that I didn't remember. Percy right. Harvin, okay, but the other guys, no, no, I'm not, I'm not right. ashamed. Yeah, well, that was an absolute fucking tire fire of a this day in Bills headlines. All right, I'm going to race through these three, and we'll just finish this off. Right, Bills go. player challenges kids in Madden. This is 2012, and it says wide receiver blank brought in five games for the PS3 version of for the Xbox 360 to play with kids in the patient playroom, and he also made room That's to other Johnson. Nope, but keep naming, just name some 2012-ish receivers, and you're going to get this. Johnson, David Nelson. Uh, this was the time when everybody had like the most boring name ever. Is it, <laughs> yes, this okay. is one. This is arguably the most boring name. John, <laughs> Mike Brown. Oh, no, wait, Mike. he's on this here's please. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. Uh, he actually did some of the telecasts with the Bills, or he hosts a pregame show or something. Chris oh, uh, wait, Josh Reed? No, oh, no. Oh, um, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. DJ are the initials. Oh, Donald Jones. Donald, all Donald right. Jones, right. 2010, with blank back, Ravens say they won't look past hapless Bills. This is a Ravens player in 2010 who would become the Buffalo Bills assistant defensive backs coach in 2016. Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Here we go. Last one. Bill's right guard blank out for Miami game. Reserve Jason Whittle will replace him a two-year starter while Ryan Denny takes Aaron Schobel's spot along the defensive line. Hint, he went to school with Jeff Day of Bills and Beers fame. Wait, what was defensive end, you said? Uh, right guard. Wait, oh. <laughs> then, he, then he threw some stuff in about the defensive end just to change the subject. Just to screw you. with you guys. Sorry, I forgot. It was the, the back side of the head. Sorry. So, like yeah. podcast right guard, 
subbed in for by Jason Whittle, went to school with Jeff Day, who I did want to call out because on Bills and Beers this week, he uh, critiqued the 49ers for not mustn't be as good as the record because they only beat Washington nine nothing. If they had, if he'd watched that game and seen the weather conditions, that Niners offense was like the second coming of Montana and Rice with Bill Walsh at the helm trying to play in that rain. They they did as well as any team could do in that rain. Anyway, right guard, uh, right guard, 2012. 2008 retired retired early and then went to school wanted to be a politician he was guest in a recent oh oh, 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 yes uh there was that guy Um, yeah he went he was a staffer um oh shit i don't remember hold on hold on we'll do the initials again they are brad butler yes it is brad butler oh well done and that was a slightly more painful than expected, uh, the same Bill's headlines, plus uh, this death in Bill's history. But we, you guys made it, and you got, got the last one, so we Paul's, ended well. Paul is unfair, because he has, like, the like the photographic, well, it's really the photographic everything memory. But, <laughs> like, it's it's yeah, on fire for the Bills. And yeah. so he's like, come on, guys, it's easy. He had a, you know, he, he had a mole on his left big toe. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's the thing, like... People don't understand. Like, yes, Paul is preparing for the thing by doing the research in advance. If we did this the other way, he would get all of these in five seconds. It's not like <laughs> right. Like it's when not Frank like says there's the another ball left toe. That's clearly Mike Gandy. It, yeah. Mike Gandy. In, in fact, Scott, we should at some point this year should do this. Come yeah. up with it and with try. It. You know, well, it's not fair because we're always guessing, and that's the fun part. And yeah. and Paul Paul should you know Paul should get a chance to just like absolutely fucking own us exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> i look forward to this chat we can do that in the off season too that's All that's right. a good good way to do it stump, stump the paul um, <laughs> the bills are one point favorites or one and a half point favorites depending on where you bet or don't bet entertainment purposes only over the philadelphia eagles coming to town um i think that we all collectively believed this was the hardest game of the stretch um, the four, when we break the season up mm-hmm. in four games, and I and I still think that's probably the case. We but all did pick it as a loss in our quarterly review. We did, but the Eagles are kind of a mess. There's a lot of infighting. The Bills are favored. Um, the the they have a very weak pass defense. Uh, their offense is okay. It's middling. It's it's better than the Bills defense uh, or be, Bills offense rather. Um, but it's another one of these games where really you look at the Eagles, especially at home, and I think it's fair to say that, you know, if it's not a pick'em game, the Bills could, there's no reason to really think the Bills can't win this game. And that might be a theme going forward for the rest of the year. I think that the Bills are pretty much in every game that they have left. I think that the teams that scare me the most are, not even scare me, it's like New England, Baltimore, and I'm sure if I looked at the schedule, I could find one more game that'd be like, that's a tough one. This is certainly tough. Dallas, yeah. Yeah, Dallas. This is certainly a step up big time from the the uh, the Dolphins. But it's is it much different than the Titans game? Is it much different than the 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 um, the New England game that the Bills were in? I don't know. Um, wow, we it's we're at an hour and two minutes. This is ridiculous. I don't know how that happened. I absolutely jinx ourselves. Uh, but go for it, Paul. What do you what do you make of this Eagles game? 
It's a, it's going to be, I think this will be a, another good game. Uh, you know, the Eagles, they get a lot of attention for their defensive line being out. Malik, ja- uh, Malik Jackson, he's out for the season after week one. Their number three and number four DTs are hurt, but they still have Fletcher Cox that Feliciano is going to have to account for. They still have Brandon Graham, that Cody Ford, and a little bit of Ty Sec you'll have to account for. Plus Derek Barnett, Vinnie Curry, you've got uh, Jim Schwartz is their coordinator over there. We know uh, the Bills had their best defense before the McDermott era with that Schwartz uh, defense mm-hmm. back in 2014. So, you know, this will be a, a challenge, no doubt. I am not going to be surprised by either team winning this game because Frank pointed out the weaknesses the Eagles have in the secondary. The Bills can certainly exploit those. The Bills also have a good interior ground game, and that's been a nemesis of the Eagles this year. Uh, Carson Wentz and the Eagles have been inconsistent on offense, but they still have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball, and that certainly starts with Wentz as well. Um, For a couple reasons, and I think part of it is that I have been – a fan of a baseball team for, for 34 years uh, <laughs> that has never gone beyond a divisional series and is now up in a world series two to nothing. I'm a fan of a, a hockey team for 32 years uh, that has been, uh, that has started the year uh, eight, one and one, although they're losing tonight for the first time or for only the second time in two decades and a fan of a football team that is five and one that has sucked throughout my life and had the longest drought uh you know, on the longest professional sports playoff droughts. So I, I think I'm not reacting well to success. So I'm going to stick with my quarterly prediction, say the Eagles win this game. And I'm going to say it's, it's as tight as can be. I'm going to say 17, 16 in a, in a pretty good defensive battle. Uh, I will, I will be a little more um, aggressive. I think, I mean, I don't want to say the bills are going to run, a, are not going to run away with this. Cause I think it is going to be a close game and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. If, if the Eagles win, because I think they do have talent. There is enough talent on the team, but they're not really capable of stretching the field without Jackson. Um, they are they are still a little shorthanded up front. You would think that if they're trying to, the Bills can stick to the run game a little bit and try and wear down the, D- the Eagles over time, that they're going to have practice squad guys in there in the third and fourth quarter, and that'll open up things for, for the run game. I think there's a lot of other kind of, you know, they got a Avante Maddox out, concussion neck, you know, Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, Timmy Jernigan, um, Nigel Bradham. Th- these are all guys who needed to be, who were mispracticed on Thursday today and are important players. And, and obviously this team is not that far removed from winning a Super Bowl, but at the other side of it, uh, th- th- there's a lot of things that have changed since then. So I will say um, the Bills win. I will say it's a little more of a of a sh- of a high scoring game just because I think things will get a little dicey in the fourth quarter. Um, but I'll say, yeah, Bills 24, uh, Eagles 21. Sometimes when you, you say it's a rollover game, like against the Dolphins, uh, teams, res- I don't know if they respond to that, but it certainly always seems to line up that they have their good game then. And I think that sometimes when you're a team like the Bills and you don't put forward the put forth the defensive effort you really think you wanted to, and somebody's pointing out that you can't hit the deep ball because you're 0 for 10, that you step up and you do it. And I think that the Bills might actually put the foot on the throats of the Eagles this week. I want to say I'm writing a little story in my head, and it's okay to do that. I think the Bills were a little embarrassed by the fact that the, the, the Dolphins 
kept up with them. I think they know that the Redskins are next, and I think they know if they can beat the Eagles soundly, they are going to assure themselves an excellent record really going forward. So I think the Bills are going to win this game. I think they're going to win it 24-16. to 16. I think it's not going to be that close. I, I think the Eagles will look good at times, but I think that Buffalo can actually go ahead and you know put a couple of things together whether that translates into future weeks i don't know but this is a perfect time for buffalo to step up and 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 put the screws to a team so there you go and i'm going to to congratulate you frank for the best pick last week you were picked the bills to beat the dolphins by 11 uh which was the closest of the three of us scott picked them by 25 i picked them by 24 so we have no (laughs) prize for you but was, you, you were the closest. I well, did I say, say though that that's that's what's probably what Frank said last week about the Dolphins game. We really are going to put it to these, you know. <laughs> no, I had said like I felt like that. I think I even went as far as to say something along the lines of like, you know, if they if they're up by seventeen and the Dolphins score a late touchdown, that's yeah. different than if they are up by three and <laughs> Buffalo gets a garbage time <laughs> touchdown. And so I didn't really feel like I was that close because it was it was such a nonsense touchdown, but. I'll take it. Um, and if you want to, you know, let us know what your favorite heel turn in the history of wrestling is, you can email us at bbills at gm uh, bbillsmny at gmail dot com, or let us know on Twitter bbillsmny. Uh, if you have thoughts about the World Series, we Scott would love to hear about them. Facebook dot com slash slash bbillsmny. Um, and uh, that's pretty much the ways you can you can get a hold of us. You can search Buffalo Bills maybe next year or Bills podcast or look in your iTunes or whatever. We we record. Our our podcasts on anchor uh or actually we record them on skype and post them on anchor uh and we'd love to hear from you so hopefully uh we'll be talking about a a six and one bills team come next week and we will uh be, be previewing a game against the the washington football club until then thank you so much for listening my name is frank i'm scott i'm paul good night everyone